Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, More Hosmer Crap! And ask me questions if I was confusing. The Eric Hosmer trade is the latest version of the Jake Peavy trade or the Brian Roberts trade or any of the thousands of trades that have been prognosticated, promoted, plugged, whatever, 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 um, throughout the and it hasn't happened. But... The Hosmer trade just will not die. It just won't go away. Um, I get. I, I. I don't like the trade idea. I don't like the premise. But I guess I'm kind of glad that the rumor's still around. Not because I want to do more podcasts on it. I think I've probably done a couple, and I've probably done a couple too many. But this, there is a reason why I'm doing this episode of this podcast on more Hosmer crap. Um, Eric Hosmer, when the Royals won their World Series in 2015, was a very useful piece. And he ended up signing a long-term deal with San Diego. And it took about... A minute 45 for San Diego to think, you know, maybe this wasn't that good of an idea to extend Hosmer. But nonetheless, the contract was on the books. It was legitimate. It was completely accurate. It was going to count. They were going to pay him until the time was due. And it hasn't gotten any better for San Diego. It hasn't gotten any better for San Diego with Hosmer. Uh, Potentially with the new collective bargaining agreement. Perhaps, maybe, potentially, there will be a designated hitter in the National League. Maybe. But of course, as of right now, everything's on hold until, oh, we got to solve the collective bargaining agreement. Got to solve the lockout. Um, Hosmer to the Cubs. I, I, I haven't heard anyone really say I want Eric Hosmer on the Cubs. I haven't heard that. I have not heard anyone saying, I want Eric Hosmer to be the Cubs starting first baseman. I have not heard anyone say, I want Eric Eric Hosmer to be the Cubs primary designated hitter against right-handed pitching. I haven't heard Jack. I haven't heard anyone say, I want Eric Hosmer to be a Cub. I haven't heard that at all from anyone. The trade is all about, since if there is going to be a trade, the Cubs are going to have to swallow Eric Hosmer's contract. That means the Cubs will have to get (laughs) something else in addition to. Something else in addition to. One of the names that was being mentioned was Trenton Hassel. Hassel was a first-round draft pick in... Don't make me look it up. 2020 or 2019, one of the two. I can't... 2020 or 2019, one of the two. 
And um, I think it was 2020. Uh, <coughs> he's a center fielder, pretty much a pure center fielder, kind of like uh, Pete Crow Armstrong. <coughs> and the talk is, or has been, if... <coughs> My goodness, I got the coughs going on. I'm sure that's helping the production quality of the podcast. Uh, I, I, I'm sure it, it, it's it's a um, it's a feature, not a uh, not a bug. Um, if the Cubs end up getting Eric Hosmer from the Padres in a trade, it's not because of Eric Hosmer. It's because of the other piece, Trenton Hassel or whoever. I was having a discussion with someone who's a San Diego fan who went a little bit over as far as, hey, let's let's add a little bit on top. And um, you know, I, I was commenting something to the extent of Eric Hosmer plus um a bag of room temperature puke requires Trenton Hassel to get thrown in. What's making the new um Eric Hosmer trades interesting is, yes, there is something in addition. Hey, say the Padres fans, let's get Wilson Contreras. Because after all, Wilson Contreras is a catcher. And Wilson Contreras is better than, uh, let's see, uh, Victor Caratini. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's toss them Eric Hosmer. Let's take back Wilson Contreras and equalize the parts in between. You know, throw in this guy, throw in that guy, make it even, send the Cubs four different catchers, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the tra- it, it, it's probably not going to be that way if there is even a Cubs-Hosmer trade, which I don't think there will be. But there is... There are, there are two questions. One is, one question is, if it's not going to be the Cubs, who then would it be? Who is the team that is either going to trade for Hosmer, take on his entire contract, and then release him, or take on his entire contract and leave him on the roster and play with it from there? Who's the team that's going to take the financial uh, commitment and go for it? Who's going to be the team that's going to do that? On my Twitter, I ask, who's the team that actually do that if it's not the Cubs? And somebody said the Mariners. Could be. Uh, they have. They seem to be being rather aggressive this offseason. Um. Jerry DePoto likes making trades. There's a possibility that Jerry DePoto could make a trade for Eric Hosmer. And as we talk just, 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 just briefly about the Seattle Mariners, I'm going to go into the second part of the podcast after this mild break. A couple days ago, someone posted on my Twitter something that I always like to see. Congratulations, you have a new subscriber to Patreon. I don't have a whole lot of subscribers to Patreon. Now, that can be a completely vague sentence, can it? You know, uh, 
70 people might not be a whole lot. 400 people might not be a whole lot. 12 people might not be a whole lot. It's nice and vague. But uh, between my Patreon, between my Anchor, and between my Bleed Cubby Blue, which has been quite fun this offseason talking about a prospect a day, I'm trying to provide value for your day, for your Cubs dollar. And I know I'm not forcing anybody to spend nickel. I'm not forcing any, I'm not even using the paywall behind my Patreon like I could. I could. I'm not. I want people to read the stuff. I want people to read the stuff. And if you think my stuff is worth contributing to through Anchor, Patreon. You're creative. You can find a way. If you think my stuff is worth contributing to, then contribute. If you don't, carry on. Have a nice day. Enjoy my stuff and do what I do with a lot of free sites myself. Take it for free. But if you think that my efforts are worth your time, if you think your efforts are, wow, I see Tim has something else out. I'd better go watch this. I'd better go listen to this. I'd better listen to this. I'd better read this. Feel free to consider contributing. Eric Hosmer to the Mariners as even a remote possibility. I do. I, there really aren't a whole lot of teams. The White Sox aren't going to do it. The Marlins aren't going to do it. Now, there's a whole bunch of teams that aren't going to take on Eric Hosmer's contract, whether to release him, whether to play him, whether to whatever. There aren't a whole lot of teams that are going to do it. I would imagine there's probably less than 10 teams that would be willing to trade for Eric Hosmer's contract under any circumstance. I just don't see it. But when the Mariners are brought up as an option, when the Mariners are brought up as an option, one of my topics that occasionally gets recycled, that gets returned, comes up. The built-in advantage for American League teams of having the designated hitter. For so many people, they assess the designated hitter on whether they like or do not like watching pitchers bat. Sometimes you get Kerry Wood knocking a home run in the playoffs. Woohoo! Yeah, it's awesome. Pitcher's hitting, baby. I love it. Then sometimes you have Pedro Strope hitting a ground ball to shortstop and running to first base and hurting his leg, and he's done for the season. Boo! We hate pitcher's hitting. Pitcher's hitting sucks. Pitcher's hitting and your opinion on the designated hitter should not be based on whether Cubs hitters, uh, Cubs pitchers are good hitters. Cubs, your, your opinion on the designated hitter should not be based on whether the Cubs designated hitters are any good. Man, they had Jose Martinez as DH, and he was terrible, da, ba, da, or, or whatever. Whichever example you want to use. It should not be based on that. It shouldn't be. Now, you can go with it. You can say, I love watching John Lester hit. I love watching Kyle Hendricks hit. So I love watching pitchers hit. Fine. Great. No problem. You know, if that's what you want to go with, whatever. What I look at is, is the designated hitter 
an advantage or a disadvantage for the Chicago National League Baseball Club? Are the Cubs benefited or hindered by 15 teams in Major League Baseball being able to use the designated hitter and the Cubs not being able to use the designated hitter, at least at the Major League level? In the lower minors, it doesn't matter. Lower minors, to a very large extent, it doesn't matter. In the Dominican Summer League, everybody uses the DH. In the Compound League, everybody uses the DH. In A-ball, everybody uses the DH. In Double-A, they haven't quite figured out what they're doing yet. In Triple-A, last year, when two National League teams played against each other, the pitcher hit. When two American League teams played against each other, the pitcher did not hit. When it was one American League and one National League team, the pitcher did not hit. They could, theoretically, send up a pitcher and have him hit, uh, Shohei Otani style, but teams didn't do that. It is an advantage for American League teams and has been for the entire time, whether anybody knew it or not, to have the designated hitter. When teams are out scouting players, teams are out scouting players, college game. I'm going to use the example of Seth Beer. Seth Beer was a slugger for Clemson. He um, he ended up playing it in the minor leagues for the Hartford Yard Goats, which I thought was rather amusing because I think that the mascot Yard Goat probably played defense about as well as Seth Beer did. But Seth Beer hit. Seth Beer was a very good hitter and plugged into an American League system. He was allowed to swing away and hit and bang and boom and all that kind of stuff. And he ended up getting himself traded to a National League team because he hit so darn well. Team said, Boy, this guy can hit. Well, I could have told you that when he was in college because he's hitting in college. But teams are hesitant to select guys who can't play defense when they're expected to play defense. Let's talk about an international player. You get some kid in the Dominican Republic. He mashes the ball all over the field. He looks like he's going to be a fantastic hitter. But he doesn't give a damn about playing defense. He just doesn't. Maybe he will eventually. He's not good at it. You know, yeah, you put him in left field. If it's hit right at him, he'll catch the ball, pick it up, you know, pick up the single, throw it in. But he, there's there's no motivation. There's no pot commitment. He's not, not interested in making the big defensive play. He's just bad at it. He's just bad at it. If you're a National League team, you got to worry about that. You know, hey... It, if he gets to double A, if he gets triple A, if he gets the major leagues, we've got to find a spot for this guy. It's the Dan Vogelbach thing. Dan Vogelbach's selection was laughed at because, well, where's he ever going to play defense? Well, eventually he made it to the major leagues, and last year he played first base for a division-winning team. Wasn't a huge thing, but it was a huge thing coming up. It's very difficult for a team to decide we are going to pot commit a whole bunch of money to this player who we don't know if he's ever going to be able to play any defense. Now, sometimes the player, as he gets older, gets better at it, 
gets good at it, possibly even gets very good at it. But what you're assessing is what you're assessing. All you can assess is what you've seen. If what you've seen is this guy's bad at defense, then you've got to go with this guy's kind of bad at defense. You have to assess things on what you can assess. With Seth Beer, with Dan Vogelbach, it's difficult to pot commit to a to a offense only player, bat only player, in a league where everyone's expected to play defense. Now you can do it, but it's hard to do. It's hard to do. Similarly, in the in the American League, it's fine. Oh, we don't care. Manny Ramirez, he's going to hit the heck out of the ball. He's apathetic on defense. We don't care. He's going to hit 340, 350. He's going to hit 35 homers and 50 doubles. We're going to stick him at DH. We don't give a rat's behind. Albert Bell, same thing. We don't care. Sammy Sosa, we're going to have to stick him out in right field. Sosa was fine in right field for a while. Then after a while, he wasn't nearly as good as he had been in on defense. When a team is forced to have all their players play offense and all their players play defense, sometimes that's a concern. One other thing to mind, Eloy Jimenez. When the Cubs were developing Eloy Jimenez, there's no question about the bat. There's no question about the bat. And it was also figured, you know what, he can probably play a passable, passable left field. Not a good left field, but a passable. You know, he can go out there. You can stick him out there. He won't embarrass himself. Eli Jimenez was fine in left field, developing, coming up. But something happened along the way. Even in a DH league, Jimenez wants to play left field. He doesn't want to be a DH. He doesn't want to be. But when he has to play every day, when he does play every day, it wears on his body. Sometimes some players are probably better off in a situation where we'll let you play defense twice a week. We'll let you DH three times a week. We'll let you sit twice a week or something like that. Play a little, DH a little, sit a little. And depending upon how the rest of the team is doing health-wise, sometimes he'll play, sometimes he won't. And you go with it from there. Eric Hosmer, as a Cub right now, makes no sense. Whether you buy into Frank Schwindel or not, Frank Schwindel making league minimum is a better first base option than Eric Hosmer. That's the hill I'm willing to die on. And if you wish to take me up on that, have the heck at it. If Frank Schwindel completely falls apart and is totally garbage in 2021, send him down to AAA, call up, uh, let's see, Alfonso Rivas. Let Alfonso Rivas play first base while Frank Schwindel goes back to Iowa plays first base in Iowa. I'd rather have Alfonso Rivas at league minimum than Eric Hosmer at $14 million. It's got to be a whole lot of stuff coming back if the Cubs are going to be forced to take Eric Hosmer's contract. Whether they're tossing 
Wilson Contreras in as a sweetener or not. To an extent, I'm completely good with taking on garbage contracts for the Cubs. Because right now, the Cubs are in a financial situation where really, they're not that bad. They're really not that bad. As much as people want to fuss and complain and moan and gripe and snipe and spleen about Jason Hayward's contract, by the time Jason Hayward's contract is even a concern again, he's going to have less than two years to go on his contract. He's really not a concern. The concern with the Cubs now, if you are a Cubs fan right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, your concern for the Cubs right now, right now, right now, right now should be how are the kids going to do in 2022? And when I say the kids, I don't mean Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel. I don't even mean, um, I don't mean Rafael Ortega. I don't mean Alfonso Rivas. What I mean is the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids, the actual kids, the young players who are developing in the pipeline. How's Myrtle Beach going to do? How's South Bend going to do? How's Tennessee going to do? How's Brennan Davis going to do in Iowa? There's where you start. There's where your concerns really ought to be. And when I say concerns, it's not even a worry thing. It's, you know, how are they actually doing? How's Caleb Killian going to do? He should be in AAA. Caleb Killian should be in AAA. How's he going to do? And, and with Caleb Killian, it's not going to be a thing of, oh, well, he's going to go to Major League Spring Training Camp and then da da da. No, 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 no. He's going to Minor League Spring Training Camp because Major Leagues, they're not going to start for a while. Caleb Killian is going to go to Minor League Spring Training when Minor League Spring Training is all there is. Then Caleb Killian is going to go to Iowa. He's going to pitch in Iowa. If he does really well in Iowa, he's going to keep pitching in Iowa until there's another option. Regardless who the Padres send the Cubs, Hosmer's contract is like three or four more years. None of the years are that absurdly expensive. But he's not going to help the team at all. He's not going to help the team at all. It sounded like he was being somewhere between a dick and a cancer in the Padres' locker room. Completely, you know, tore a team in two. Ripped the curtain in half. Completely ruined what was supposed to be a postseason season. From what I hear. Then you listen to the other people. It's, oh, no, 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 no. Hosmer was the good guy. It was... It was the it was Jace Tingler. It was the manager. He was the one who was screwing. Eh, yeah, whatever. Um, if the Hosmer trade happens, I'm completely uninterested in Eric Hosmer. If the Hosmer trade doesn't happen, I'm completely disinterested in Eric Hosmer. I I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I want at-bats going to people that are fun to follow, that I'm interested in. Alexander Canario, Kevin Alcantara, Owen Casey. Those are the players 
that interest me. Those are the people that fascinate me. Those are the players that fascinate me. More on Owen Casey in my next podcast right after this one. But um, I'm, I, I, I really don't care. I really don't care about Eric Hosmer. If the trade's going to happen, there's just not that many teams that want him. There's just not that many teams that want him, which puts the Cubs in a very good spot. I don't want Eric Hosmer. If he ends up coming to the Cubs, so be it. So be it. But I'm not going to be one of those that says, Eric Hosmer should start over Frank Schwindel, or Eric Hosmer should start... Whether he plays, whether he doesn't, I really don't care. I'd be far more interested in what's coming back in return, and if the Cubs trade to get Hosmer just to release Hosmer and let him go play for the Cardinals or whoever the hell he wants to go play for, so be it. We're going to have more Hosmer trade crap for a long time because Eric Hosmer is going to have a really bad contract for a very long time. And at first base... Or a designated hitter, if that position exists in the National League in general in 2022 and beyond, you should have a better hitter than Eric Hosmer. You should. And guess what? Right now, the Cubs probably already do. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up quite soon. Circumstances warrant. Actually, circumstances have already warranted. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs go. And be nice to people.